0: This is Moss Wheelan and Story in Mind. So i just getting out. It's, it's broken clouds. And I am bringing a mug of coffee with me. Ooh, there's a star shining through the clouds there. It's uh, after five in the morning... It's still, still dark out, but the clouds are actually lighter than um, the sky, and uh, so it's sort of creating this kind of illusion of light. The uh, street lamps are orange. Um, topic more of a sort of look into maybe say uh, inspiration habits and I, I have a I have a character idea that's uh, coming from a mashup of similar characters that I like that are inspiring. And so I'm I'm drawing from different different examples, different interpretations. <clears throat> and this this all started happening because I I'm not, sure, I'm not sure exactly how I stumbled on the the initial character. And but I was uh, I started looking up Snufkin and Snufkin is this character in the Moomkin books. And Moomkin books are from Finland, I'm pretty sure. And we're talking about a hundred years ago. Uh, the books are very much in the same vein as Winnie the Pooh but I'd also like to kind of put in there a bit of Wind in the Willows that there's this there's a sentimental side to it there's a nostalgia it's it's in the vein of you know, people writing about um, childhood and I think the most accessible way to engage, like say to experience it, and I do recommend it. I started watching the Moonkin um, TV show, which was animated in Japan. So if you're into that kind of, you know, anime, there's sort of interesting moments where it's like, this is getting really Japanese. But then there's this universal quality, say, I think, to a story that's, you know, beginning European and then it's being kind of translated, this adaptation. And then you end up with this show that, I guess it's dubbed in English. Anyways... uh, just from a story perspective, I, I'm enthralled. You know, I'm watching this kids show, and it's like, oh my gosh! Right, it's getting dark. There's abductions, and um, a, a pirate abducts one of the kids, and uh, there's episodes where, um, you know, say, you know, the kids are getting, you know, trapped and. Um, uh, yeah, I was watching it, just like, almost oh, like, wow, this is way more intense than I thought it would be. And then, you know, and my draw to to watch this is, I became curious and then fascinated with this character called Snufkin. And Snufkin um, arrives in the spring, and he's got his backpack and his pointy hat, kind of you know Gandalf esque. And uh, another writer d- described Snufkin as sort of androgynous, right? We don't, we don't have sort of a one or the other to the character. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Snuffkin is dressing in greens, has a yellow scarf, hiking boots. <clears throat> I did a little digging and, and came up with that uh, the author, storyteller, uh, was inspired by a friend who. I didn't go quite in, in, into it, which I, I guess now would be a good idea because the character is calling me and uh, say my own version. Where the story is all about this, you know, it's like making Snufkin the main character. Uh, Snufkin doesn't like signs, say rules, you know, being put up, don't do this, don't do that. Snufkin doesn't like authority stuff. Snufkin uh, enjoys spending time with himself. You know, he doesn't mind being alone and he likes being alone um totally self-sufficient and uh you know camps has a tent fishes um and you know is, is, is very wise or at least opinionated you know and says these great things um that are also a bit, sort of, you know, silly and wonderful. Like, you know, that it's great to be lazy, and and to, I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm just about to say it. One of the quotes I found was, the most important thing is to... The most important thing in life is to know who you are so it was something like that and I was like that's awesome who is this Uh, because you know that that well it just goes you know on and on and on it's a it's a never ending resource Uh, the the moonkins just so that you're not disappointed or you know kind of weirded out the moonkins are talking uh, hippopotamus like creatures you know and they walk on their hind legs and I I really didn't know what to think and too I'd seen them in the past and I'd seen these illustrations and Snufkin was always like, "Oh, who's that? Who's this? Who's this person in the pointy hat?" And uh the illustrations make Snufkin out to be quite elven, right? The eyes are um you know, it's a human-type person, but you know, the eyes betray that you know that there's something going on. And that this person is, you know, there's this fairy, fey kind of quality, otherworldness to this person. Uh, which I like because, say, the animated uh, Japanese version is much more approachable, whereas the original, you know, black and white line drawing illustration is, um, troubling, right? It's, you know, there's not an immediate kind of draw. It's just sort of more sort of mysterious. The the eyes, it's really the eyes, and the eyes are, there's something cat-like about the eyes. There's something kind of crafty and wily about the eyes. And, uh, And to not necessarily the first person that like say if I saw this person in real life i i would you know i would not you know immediately be sort of cordial and friendly which is a, which is a bit sad to say because it would be nice to think of oneself as being, you know, outgoing and trusting and so on and so forth, but for me it's behavior. I'm looking for behavior. And so if, if I did meet this person, anybody, right, for me, it's, I'm, I'm watching for, um, you know, little signals, little signs and people even telling me what kind of person they are. And, uh, and then the obvious, you know, oh, I'm a really great person that says something as well. It's like, oh, are you? (laughs) Well, we'll see. We'll see what kind of person. The deeds. Um, but yeah, that's the challenge is, you know, the, the person that looks the worst could be the best. And and vice versa, you know, sort of trusting people based on their appearance, right? That's a mistake, Uh, and yet that's how we're built, and um, sort of fighting against that, and so yeah. uh, So I started, I was digging this up. I went deeper into this as well because it's the spring has just started and it's a bit warmer in Vancouver than the rest of Canada um we don't we don't get that much snow get lots of rain but we uh you know it is relatively warmer apparently it has something to do with um because we're on the coast, and we're getting this warmth from, I think it's that it, the warm water is coming up to something like, say, Hawaii. It's the same sort of thing of, um, you know, that the ocean is kind of bringing this warmth. I probably have that wrong, but anyways. It's spring, and in, in these stories, Snuffkin Returns. In the spring. Um, the main character. Moomkin. You know this young. Talking. Hippopotamus. Like creature. Uh, wants to go with him. And fantasizes about this. And um, The Moomkin family. Uh, hibernate. During winter usually. There's 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 something made of it of saying say goodbye to Snufkin, and this kind of wonderful mystery of where Snufkin? Snufkin? goes to the south during the um, winter, right? Sort of, and and there's this there's things um, that kind of enchant the character, such as uh, descriptions like um, that he he is following the sun and just the fact that he's not sort of, you know, nailed down to one place and is he's he's motivated in one of the stories he he waits for signs he uses a a pack of playing cards as a way to determine what he should do right, so that there's a bit of randomness to the character and you know, looking for signs reading into things so it's another angle to you know, to the character so uh, on Twitter I was sending out these little animated GIFs G-I-F animated um, little animations and they were of Snuffkin, and I was just saying, you know, it's spring, Snuffkin is back to people uh, that were active and say that are engaging with me and sort of, you know, thinking, oh, I'll send one to so and so and such and such. and um, So I was sort of using this character and. And then I, I, and then I sort of thought about wait, oh wait, you know, this character is similar, you know, in, in some ways to uh, Puddleglum, which is a character from the one of the Narnia books um, I think it's, yeah, it's a silver chair and Puddleglum is this very, you know, the the glum in the name is is accurate. This kind of glumness, I want to say stoic, to um, Snufkin. And Puddle Glum has written, says comments that uh, his whole philosophy is that he doesn't want to disappoint himself, so he's always looking on the um you know the, the, you know oh, the glass is the glass is half empty, right? oh, you better be careful, you don't disappoint yourself. That said, he's incredibly helpful and kind and decent it's just his his outlook is uh I guess he's a kind of foil. And that he is warning all the time, right? You know, uh, against naivete. But uh, he he goes, you know, all the way with the uh, main characters and is helpful, an ally and a friend. I think one of the. The one of the lines I remember is that you know, he says he's he, they're offered this life there's this kind of temptation right and uh, the villain is offering um, a way of living and saying if well Puddleglum responds and says um if if the real world doesn't include you know basically you know the wonder of the imagination, then i don't you know I'm not interested right i I want fantasy and enchantment and wonderful tales that light up your life right and uh I love that the sort of notion of uh That it's not enough. And it really says a lot about the character. (laughs) That even though he's a a worrywart. And a a downer. In what he says. You know. When you get really deep down into it. That. uh, Perhaps too. It's just sort of this choice. It really. You know. There is an interesting character there. Puddleglum lives basically in a swamp you know in a very sort of muddy it might be a moor um, very damp you know with lots of puddles and he's got his uh, tent uh, and he's he's fishing and there's a lot of sort of go back and forth between snuffkin and uh, puddle glum <clears throat> trying to think of s- music because snuffkin plays a harmonica and <clears throat> at least in the uh, animation so I have these two characters and then I was thinking, you know, oh well why not bring in Tom Bombadil uh, Tom Bombadil is from Lord of the Rings, but he had a life outside of that, and uh, there is a work of poetry that uh, J.R.R. Tolkien wrote, and the the title has Tom Bombadil in it, and it was published before, and the character, uh, I, I argue that the character is kind of like the The polar opposite of Sauron and Mordor, and yeah, is the um, is a sort of personification of life and vibrancy. Um, What's different about that character, uh, the Bombadil character, is that. Tom Bombadil is um, immortal very powerful uh, you know the the ring of power has no effect on him and let's see supernatural right that that's that's what he is he's a supernatural being and he's you know his, his wife relationship is uh, with the river's daughter, right? So she is a nature spirit, right? And so Tom Bombadil has this connection with, with nature. Uh, wonderful character. Very uh, full of song and enchantment um tolkien's magic system is uh divided up basically into uh you know, the good magic, the bad magic and the the good is wonderful, whereas the bad is about power and wonderful meaning wonder wonderment and another word he used was enchantment. And within enchantment, there's chant, or singing, or song, or to speak, and storytelling. It's all sort of wrapped up in there. And Tom Bombadil sings, and as he goes, everything he says is in meter, meter and rhyme, and he's just he's he's bumbling on bumbling and bumbling like uh, bumblebee and yeah there's this there's this joy to the character vivacious and he's helpful he's a, he's a friend he's an ally helps the main characters and so i'm i'm sort of say drawing from different different parts say the, the music and I always like that about uh, about Tom Bombadil. Uh, but I, I would bring uh, actual song so where Snufkin is you know playing music I would have say Snufkin actually say singing Maybe there's a musical instrument involved. Why? Stories, um, lyrics, songs. And two, it will force me to uh, consider... Because I have this horror of poetry, because... I know how difficult it is. But say if, you know, if it's just songs, like say if I give a bit of a song, then um, that's not so bad. <laughs> Moss, don't be scared. I'm terrified. So, obvious, obviously not, because I'm, you know, I'm I'm sort of heading on this... Adventure. Things that are different is I, I quite like the movement of how Snuffkin is constantly on the go and is, you know, say uh, that it's a seasonal and that he's, it, it, it's that sort of like nature is moving him. That there's this impulse. And that he's... Uh, he's kind of like, say, the birds. Right? Um, you know, here... The big one here is a uh, Canadian geese. We have some uh, birds in, who are in Vancouver all year. But... Uh, the... these The grey geese, the Canadian geese... When, when they hit the border, <laughs> they become Canadian. Uh... That's my understanding, you know, that you know, when they're heading south for the winter, <clears throat> heading to Florida, that they are, um, they become, you know, gray geese. And then when they're coming back over the border, they have this dual citizenship. And so that's, that's Snufkin. Snufkin has this dual citizenship as he follows the sun. And I'm thinking that for my character right that that there's this uh following of maybe, into maybe not just the seasons but also um considering things beyond that like uh you know the sun is one heavenly body you know the moon is another the wandering stars aka the planets you know those are other influences and uh it would be cool it would be cool to go on that adventure. I don't know you know, where <laughs> at this point. I'm just fascinated with this character and the potential. Um, it's, it, it feels like it's not as stressful as other stories that I'm involved in and, and need to do to tell my story through them one of my stories is uh, quite violent that that there's this that there's this requirement of this visceral response and uh, and to within that that there's this uh, a a, a questioning a deeper questioning of, of violence and why we why we do it why we do it Am I promoting it by writing about it? Uh, You know, can I do it as a form of sort of self-defense? Okay, how are we doing? Oh yeah, let's loop down. Let's go down to the next street. Okay, so... I have a couple um pictures when I was looking around at, at uh, illustrations I found a couple pictures that people have made of uh sort of breaking down the character of Snufkin and you know what is in Snufkin's backpack and um you know can you actually just can you can you emulate Snufkin and dress up like the character yes you can I think it was um, Steal This Look. That was the title. Steal This Look. Snufkin! I'm guessing there's a whole series of this. Steal, steal This Look. And then just giving examples. Uh, modern day examples of where you can, you know. Um, a yellow silk scarf. Uh, from such and such a retail. Oh no, it would be, uh, you know, fashion Company, uh, and so at home, I have a sketch where I have various elements. One of one of the elements actually is Gandalf, who is a, a wanderer and yet with purpose. Um, he's on the road. He's got this walking stick. There's elements that are shared, right? The pointy hat. And so, I was looking at I was looking at that recently too. I have uh, I acquired Elminster, which is a a book that has its origins in Dungeons and Dragons, but the the author has expanded. And uh, actually, the this is Ed Greenwood who wrote it, Elminster, and the character you know has sort of similar things going on. Pointy hat is this traveler um, on the road, and so it's, so. You know, it's a mashup of elements, um, you know, common things. And I was thinking about Tom Bombadil's blue jacket and yellow boots. That's one thing we know for sure about Tom Bombadil. I I found myself imagining the place where uh, this character is traveling, right? So explores this place. And I returned to a number of ideas. One of them was uh, time zones. I have one of my fascinations is with, say, time zones and... You know, you call somewhere, and it's the exact same time, like, in in real world, right, say. Of course, right, it's not... What I'm suggesting is, what if you could call the past, right, so the time zone. And so you pick up the phone, and you call Hong Kong, right, and they're in a different time zone, right, so, so, it's sort of like a country exists in a different time and you're just talking to these people who live in the past and weird, troublesome paradox ideas like you know, what if now, now bear with me, but what if you could like say, what if your um, what if your family lived in Hong Kong In this, you know, this fabulous interpretation. Different time zone. And. Let's see. Let's say it's, you know, Hong Kong is in the future. And you're living in the past. Uh, And. Let's say, you know, Canada, Vancouver, whatever. Uh, Different, different time zone. And that you could go visit sort of ancestors and things. This is getting me thinking about my own um, British-European connection and say, uh, wouldn't that be interesting? Yes and no. (laughs) Because I'm sure the reality has its pitfalls. But Say, what if I could go to the past? And um, I did have kind of an experience of that. going to Scotland, getting off a train and I was surrounded by people, you know, who there was this similarity and there was this sense of connection and yet, culturally, I was, there was this sort of detachment, right, and, um, you know, it's, it's obvious that I'm from somewhere else, it might lead to, to, to an interesting conversation but you know there's still this element of culture difference culture shock but yeah so a, a fantasy world of time zones that's uh one of one of my sort of play you know play ideas thought experiments it's fraught <laughs> it's fraught with problems why because say uh, going into the past, meeting with ancestors, or say into the future, you know you meet descendants. And I, I suspect that I would make it more symbolic that you go, you'd go to one place, and it would be um, pre-technological. You know that there would be cave people and dinosaurs, and I know that that's a mishmash, but. So it wouldn't actually be time travel; it would be more um, taking taking civilizations and sort of moving them, right? So the you know the ancient civilizations, you know, of Egypt and you know ancient Greece, etc. That that would be one country, and then you'd go to another or continent, then you'd go to another continent, and it would be full of these uh, dinosaurs and monkey people. Planet of the Apes, but with dinosaurs. And, uh... I'm drinking camping coffee that's that's uh where things have gone and so it's a bit gritty at the bottom and I think I'm going to I think I'm going to dump this yeah so I'm drinking camping coffee and I'm what I'm doing is I'm have I'm I'm doing it with less water I've been sort of experimenting and uh comes up with a kind of espresso espresso kind of taste what into espresso shots you know versus something like um an americana or something and why i just noticed that if i'm sitting there and you know drinking coffee like a huge cup of coffee, that there's this, um, difference, sort of a, (laughs) anyways, this is what I'm doing, I'm sure tomorrow will be a tea day, and it'll be just, you know, get away from the, the coffee equation for a bit, how are we doing, well, still good, Okay, so I have uh, a, few, a few ideas. Um, another influence uh, is uh, Castle in the Sky, which is this kind of floating city, and sort of I'm thinking it would be cool to do a, a place like that. Right, but it's almost like, say, the uh, the continent is like that. It's like this big floating, um, or maybe even the whole fantasy world is just this floating uh, castle-like structure. I really like the organic quality of Castle in the Sky, which is this animated... I can't remember if it's based on an actual children's story, but... It has these kids who are attempting to get up, to to fly up to this uh, sort of lost civilization. It's kind of like Atlantis in the sky. It's just sort of going, yeah, that's what it is. And uh, there's robots there. It's great. Uh, I, can, I can recommend it. And, too, it has has moments that, you know, just culturally don't work. Like, say, things that, if you're in Japan, uh, slash Asia, or, say, if you're a fan of animation, that you would recognize and pick up on. Just culturally, and these differences. Moss, what are you talking about? There's idioms that are not used... uh, What do I mean by that? Just subtle things like knock on wood, and then there's a Japanese version of that, and sort of of course they're going to use that, and it gets translated, but there's even physical say body language things that happen that are different. I like anime it doesn't matter. I agree with you too. I'm just saying you know that there are differences and if you If you figure out how to be cosmopolitan, please do it. <laughs> it's an adventure. I'll, I'll just sort of segue just a little that what what happens when you go there to that place? And start, sort of, say, seeing... um, It's also, say, realizing your own differences, prejudices. And, of course, it's good to strive towards... You know, having a balance of your own identity. And then, sort of, say, respecting others' ethnicity, which is identity, right? And sort of going... Um, I heard this term a long time ago—a or term of or saying, "celebrate the differences." And I had I had difficulty with it because I wanted us to be all the same, right? I wanted us to be human, and and two, I still want that. Um, but I also see the importance of identity, you know, and say one's. The, the, the framework around oneself. For example, you know, I, I've grown up with this identity given to me, imposed on me sometimes, of uh, you know, this, is, this is who you are, this is where you come from. Not so much say, um, not so much say who I am, but like I said, it's like a frame around the painting and that I get to, I get to paint, right? I get to say, I get to decide. And two, that's a struggle, right? Say, well, what are you gonna make of this? You get, you get this canvas, you know, there's some garbage on it. And two, I see, you know, this beautiful moment of wonder and imagination called Castle in the Sky and appreciate uh, and, to, and to the challenge of those moments of culture, cultural eth, 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 ethnical uh, difference you know, and sort of say you know, oh well why is that you know <laughs> why not do it you know, why not do it the North American way what does that mean and so yes a striving for the uh, towards the cosmopolitan i love it when poets get into that you know sort of wanting to be the um, you know of the world I, I have no nationality. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I am, I am truly of, you know, I'm truly an earthling. I'm unbound. I, th- I think it's more sort of like going for, you know, that's something to aim for. But there's a bit of, there's a bit of ego there. There's a bit of pride. There's a bit of. Um, I've reached a cul-de-sac in the segue let's get back to the character so I have a place and I have uh, I have this character and I'm excited to explore both and to meet characters along the way I have the framework you know the Three-act structure, you know that I can follow, and so um, the screenplay manual I have is you know, each part of the story sort of tells me you know, you're you're beginning the story, the main character is an orphan, and the big message from everybody and everything is uh, in, in my screenplay manual. It's uh I don't get no respect. Something like that. So the main character is not respected. Which, you know, right there gives us our arc. You know, in the end there will be this respect. At, th- at least say for the character for themselves. So I've got this I've got the form, I've got the structure for the story. The uh the the, the basic layout, blueprint, whatever. Uh now now one of the things I'm considering is the central question, and the central question has three parts uh, you know the first part of the question is and to the it begins with will the main character and then a be successful against the physical conflict b uh, be successful against the emotional conflict? And then see, be successful against the internal conflict, and this is something I'm sure they teach it in school now as person person versus nature, person versus person, person versus themselves and yeah, so so that gives me the basics for my character. It tells me, okay, there's this external conflict, and there's this personal conflict, and then there's this internal conflict. Looking at my three main sources, I see that uh, Snufkin is basically a loner and so is Puddleglum, and to some degree, so is Tom Bombadil. Tom Bombadil doesn't live in, you know, a thriving village, you could argue. You know, I'm sure that (laughs) Tom Bombadil has neighbours with ratty, mole, uh, and hedgehog. My, um... childhood friends, three names. So. Uh, what was that about? That was because one of them is has passed away. So <clears throat> that's, uh. Ratty, Ratty, Ratty has passed away. I was I was thinking to t- just talk about the wind in the willows and just to sort of go because that's where the names come from, but it was sort of there's there's three there's three boys, three sons, so you know it's got hedgehog got added to it. And it's beautiful and 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 playful and oh, let's get off of that. Uh So Tom Bombadil, um, in in the book, he's he's got this house. It's very sort of organic, natural. He's living with the land. Uh, in a sense, is married to the land. <clears throat> he's nature spirits. If we work in Tolkien's essay on fairy, that you know, here's an individual who has. yeah who has who has this you know literal (laughs) relationship it's figurative in the in the fiction sense but it's literal within the story within the world I wonder if Tom Bombadil would ever you know say well you know why why don't they just give the ring to Tom Bombadil and uh I think actually Gandalf said something about, you know, he would just, he would just lose it, right? He, he wouldn't understand the importance of it, that it, 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 it's not a threat to him, you know. And maybe initially, you know, he would, he would think, oh, you know, oh, yes, I must protect it. But eventually, you know, it would just get lost. M- much like, say, um, Gollum just sort of accidentally one day you know it it's almost like the the, the ring has a mind of its own <clears throat> Differences. So yeah, so why does Tom Bombadil choose to live alone? Why does Snufkin sort of uh, is on the road? You know, Snuffkin Snufkin is on sort of the <clears throat> the fringe of these relationships. And and then Puddleglum again is off by himself. Uh could even sort of sort of weave in Gandalf. <clears throat> Last seven minutes <clears throat> so in in considering the central question of the story, it's revealing the character, especially the internal sort of conflicts, uh, considering this character that I'm working on their their need versus their um, flaw, just getting back to Snufkin that I think there is a need to be with people but that the flaw is that he has to leave he has to go Um, and two it's it's interesting because you could look at it and go oh yes but it's an adventure in the Moonkin stories the main character Moonkin this talking hippo says is really looking at it as you know this is a great thing the adventure adventure you're going on but it's contrasted with contrasted with leaving uh family leaving parents home safety all of these important things that for snufkin you know it's uh Snufkin is more mature, whereas Moomkin is is not. <clears throat> and so, yeah, I'm I'm looking at it as this this collage of character, this mashup, that this character is. Uh, This character is on this... um, There is a a bit of a quest element. But it's taking this character away. And... Taking this character away from... uh, You know, family and friends. And... He likes to spend... He enjoys his own company. He likes to spend time by himself. but, But there is this deeper need for community... Which is something, say, that I've found both online and uh, with the local convention, that I have this purpose and sort of I can share and help and uh, get back something that I need. At the same time, though, flaw, you know, for myself, there's this. I'm sure for everybody it's like this that there's this resistance and. Uh, Resistance, fear, disappointment. For myself, I know exactly where it comes from. Finally. Uh, but this this character... And to now I'm just having this moment of going, Oh, Moss, you know, the story is about you. It's this reflection. This main character is you. You're attracted to it because it's you. Yes and no. <laughs> uh, so, sometimes the story is just the story but I, I I'm sort of getting that kind of sort of gut resonance that that this is uh, yeah and there's important things there's important things that are being worked on you know, obviously for me just now, I just got super upset about uh you know these three childhood friends, and you know these, uh, you know the, these, you know the wonderful naming, and that treasure, and uh, that, yeah, the gold in contrast with the uh the opposite you know the the devaluing of the uh human spirit psyche let's yeah let's let's just go for that let's just say it's to to rise above it uh. yeah so starting off the story that you know there's this impulse wander and journey and travel, but then when we finally reach the the end that the transformation has occurred where the flaw has been dealt with, resolved, healed, um, self-actualization has occurred, and the main character is able to be with uh, the community at last. And you know, sort of like the the journey has uh, come to a very fruitful and uh, successful end. <sighs> Just thinking of a sort of a wonderful, wonderful and horrible character from a uh, medieval lit called Owl Glass and Owl Glass is uh, is, is a prankster, a uh, trickster there's uh, it's, it's scatological uh, worth looking up if you're looking looking for a novel character that's not quite <laughs> It's it would be an interesting sort of side to the character you know that uh That say that they'll pull pranks on, especially on you know the um, uh, the establishment, right, of the authorities, and uh, which is very snuffkin. And I would argue as well for the others, and that um, the ultimate the ultimate boon, you know, the elixir, the philosopher's stone, that is Tom Bombadil, is that. You know, regardless of what happens, you know, Tom Bombadil is above it all. Tom Bombadil, you know, sings and Tom Tom Bombadil dances and you know um, celebrates. You know, it, it, yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's a marvelous, wonderful thing to you know just you know at the at the snap of a finger to be able to to do that. <clears throat> Uh, in confrontation. Ah. Uh, so that's where I'm at with this character. And yeah, so this is an example of I- inspiration uh and to you know there's a lot of of course a lot of say you know the choice is about where one's at you know, the priority, what's important seeing something in, you know, this inspirational uh, these stories, this art these little animated gifts, and just how, how this can sort of be a bridge you know, to one's own story, telling thank you for listening and uh you'll sit bearing with me. Take care.